you so much. Um, well, good morning, everyone. I'll say good morning again. Um, this is our second week of going to double. What an amazing opportunity that we have to um, be able to open up our church. We're seeing such amazing things. We've seen so many new people the last couple of years coming in through our doors. Um, people just coming to Bury St. Edmunds. They've never even heard of this place before. In fact, I was one of these people, actually, part of my story. Um, for those who you might hear in my accent, I'm not originally from Suffolk. Um, I'm from Essex, which is not too far. Um, but I felt, actually, that God was calling me into new um, things and had no idea that I was going to be here a few years ago um, but God just creates space for us doesn't he and and he wants to use us and um, part of the message I'm going to share today is about God using us um, you are not here this morning by accident it's not just that you just come and you thought oh it's a good idea to come to church the Lord knew that you were here so whether you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus he knows that you are meant to be here he's ordered your steps um, so just for a moment, just think about, you know, the fact, just focus your mind on the fact that you are here with the Lord and to give him space and room um, to uh, work in our lives. Um, if I could get my PowerPoint up, that'd be great. Um, if you are new here, please do check out a welcome lounge, a new welcome lounge. That's exciting. Um, we have people there who are um, able to greet you. And there's also a here a free gift and um, a beverage available. So do check that out if you are new here. Um, so as a church, we've been doing this series called Creating Space increasing impact you might have seen that phrase being used in our vision booklets you've seen that phrase being used in some of the preaching that we've had up to um, this new season of double but we're also continuing this season because we are not just reached this point of going to double we're in this season of going to double and then we are still in that transition time and God is making room to do something amazing in this church I believe um, we believe that he is making space for new people to come in we're going to have space for salvation, space for healing, space for breakthrough. Who wants to see that in their own lives? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. We declare that over today. Um, so this message is called Get Free, Get Giving. Um, I know it seems like ages ago, but I was thinking this morning, it's only been a few weeks since Christmas, but it feels like it was been months since Christmas. And it was only a few days ago I actually... Uh, maybe this is a bit lazy confession, but um, I actually started packing away some of the boxes that I'd got from maybe gifts and presents and um, and others had got. I hadn't quite sorted things out properly and I had to create space, create room for some of these new things, but also remove some stuff that I wasn't using anymore. Does anyone else do that to have a bit of a clear out season? And um, in the UK, we have this um, thing called Boxing Day, don't we? And um, Maybe you don't know what that's about, but originally the idea of Boxing Day was that we were supposed to um, box up things that we don't need anymore and give them away. Um, so part of being able to experience space is the ability to give. Um, so that's what I'm going to be speaking from today. So we're going to read from Ezra 7 and Ezra 8. Um, those of you who are with us on the New Year's Eve service um, may have heard um, some um, of this story. If you're new to this story, don't worry, I'm going to give you a bit of background. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but just before I do that, I'm just going to pray for us as a church. 
Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this time. We give you our hearts. We give you our attention. We love you, Lord. We want to hear your words speaking to us today, Lord. I pray that you will speak to each individual where we're at, Lord. Thank you that you know the conditions of our heart. Thank you that you know the state of our mind. Thank you that you know the conditions of a situation, Lord. And Lord, that you want to speak into that and through that. So would you do that this morning, Holy Spirit? We commit this time to you. We commit your word. We honor your word. And we just pray, speak, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so Ezra um, 7 and 8 talks about the prophet Ezra. And at this point, uh, we have a group of people who are the Jews who have been exiled from Jerusalem. So they were exiled from um, a group of people called the Babylonians. And the Babylonians, they took over Jerusalem. They destroyed Jerusalem. They destroyed the temple. They destroyed their town. And then they put them into captivity. And they were actually captives for 70 years, um, plus with the Babylonians. And they were, then along comes certain kings who hear about this prophecy that's written in the Old Testament about that the temple would be rebuilt. There was a prophecy to say that, that God was going to move in this kingdom. And these kings start to issue certain decrees to say, we're going to allow the Jews to return back to their homeland, return back to where God has called them, and rebuild the temple. But this must have been really strange for the Jews because they'd been living in captivity for so long. In fact, some of them were born into that, so they had no idea. They'd heard from their ancestors that they used to have this holy place called Jerusalem, and there was a temple where they could worship their God, but they didn't have the freedom to do that. Um, and then we have, we're introduced to this person called Ezra, who's also one of these exiles. And he is a prophetic teacher and a leader. And he gets appointed by someone called Artaxerxes, who's a king of Persia, who says to them, I'm allowing you to lead your group of people back to the um, town of Jerusalem. So Ezra 7, 11, if you want to read with me from the slides. This is what King Artaxerxes says. So King Artaxerxes' letter to Ezra. This is a copy of the letter King Artaxerxes has given to Ezra the priest, a teacher of the law, a man learned in matters concerning the commands and the decrees of the Lord for Israel. Artaxerxes, king of kings. To Israel, the priest, teacher of the law of the God of heaven, greetings. Now I decree that any of the Israelites in my kingdom, including the priests and the Levites, who volunteer to go to Jerusalem with you, may go. 14. You are sent by the king and his seven advisors to inquire about Judah and Jerusalem with regards to the law of your God, which is in your hand. Moreover, you are to take with you the silver and the gold that the king and the advisors have freely given to the God of Israel, whose dwelling is in Jerusalem together with all the silver and gold that you may obtain from the province of Babylon, as well as the free will offerings of the people and the priests of the temple of their God in Jerusalem. With this money, be sure to buy bulls, rams and male lambs, together with the grain offering and drink offerings, and sacrifice them to the altar of the temple of your God in Jerusalem. You and your fellow Israelites may do whatever seems best with the rest of the gold and silver in accordance with the will of your God. 
Deliver to God of Jerusalem all the articles entrusted to you for the worship in the temple of your God and anything else needed for the temple of your God that you are responsible to supply that you may provide from the royal treasury. So King Artaxerxes, who is, um, hears about the God of Israel, and he says, not only am I going to let you go back to where you came from, I'm going to send you with something. I'm going to send you with silver and gold and many different articles. So they were able to be given all these riches. Now remember that these riches were taken from them to start off with. They were robbed of some of these riches. Not only that, they could have the riches of the king and his advisors, and he could, they could have the riches of um, the Babylon, Babylonians, the ones that actually enslaved them. Now, I don't know about you, but that must have been a very awkward conversation, <laughs> suddenly going up to someone who you've been working for, like not voluntary, and saying, oh, you, you need to give me everything that you have taken from me, everything that to give to my God, the God that you don't know, and I'm going to take it all to my land, to my to Jerusalem, and um, I'm going to use it as an offering to my God. I don't know if they would have given it very willingly, would you? <laughs> um, I'm just going to give a little illustration, if that's right. Can I have my volunteers? Um, I don't know what it's Mark about. <laughs> I, can, I can borrow Paul, if not. Can I borrow Paul instead? Yeah. Okay. So I just want you to imagine, let's use Paul is here. He is a Israelite, and um, he's got to go up to these three people. So we have, let's say, Kelly here. She is represents the kings and the advisors. That's a nice one to have, isn't it? <laughs> so um, Kelly's got all these items here. So she's got to give these over to Paul here. And then we have... The Babylonians. So let's say Paul is now working for Treza. Okay, so Treza, I don't know if you want to willingly give your stuff away to Paul. He's got to kind of convince you to give all these things, these golds, all these heavy items, the weight of these gold items. And also those who were in the land, the Jewish people who were in the land. Um, so Stu represents the Jewish people, the offering of the priests. So they had to give all their gold, all their silver, all their articles, all their offerings. Can you carry it? Do you think you can carry it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that is it heavy. No. Okay. <laughs> but it is awkward to carry by looks of things. So imagine this. It was not only has God given them what was returned to them, what they have robbed. Yeah, keep loading them up. That's a good thing too. Come on. Let's see how I can go. Um, he was giving them the silver and the gold. Oh, it's wobbling. You can, oh, you can put it down if you want to. Thanks, guys. You just stay here one minute, Paul. Yeah. So, yes, I want you to just see that. The weight of what he had to carry wasn't just giving us small items back. And this is the way that the Father works. When we come into the kingdom, he's not only just giving that which is taken from us, but he's giving stuff to us that are going to be an offering to God. He's going to use us as an offering, but more than that, he's giving us so, so much that it's going to fill our hands with such a weight. If only you could see the weight of what you're carrying this morning. Can you see the weight of what you're carrying? 
even to the fact that this this king wasn't a believer, but he knew and he recognised that this king is something else. This is the king of kings, this is the lord of the lords that we're serving, and that he was willing to give everything from his royal um, cabinet, he was from his royal treasury, he was able to give all these things. And the Bible said that, um, that there was a hundred talents of gold, there was talents of silver, and we're talking about millions and millions of pounds in today's wealth. About There's about 170 million pounds worth of gold that they were asked to carry this group of people. That's in a massive weight to carry. So can you imagine that? That is the offering that you're able to bring to the Lord. You might think, oh, I only have this small amount, but actually God sees it as a massive weight, a massive weight. And not only that, I believe that God's going to give us authority that we can go back to people who once enslaved us and claim back um, riches that we've been taken from us. I'm just going to read from Ezra 8. So then I set apart 12 of the leading priests, namely Sherebah, Hashabah, and 10 of the brothers, and I weighed them out with the offering of silver, gold, and the articles that the king, his visors, his officials, and all of Israel present had donated for the house of the Lord. And I weighed them out to be 650 talents of silver, silver articles weighing 100 talents and 100 talents of gold. So again, we're talking about millions and millions pounds worth of materials 20 bowls of gold valued at 100 darics and two fine articles of polished bronze as precious as gold I said to them you as well as your articles are consecrated to the Lord the silver and the gold are a free will offering the God of your ancestors guard them carefully until you weigh them out in the chambers of the house of the Lord in Jerusalem before the leading priests and the Levites and the family heads of Israel. Then the priests and the Levites received the silver and gold and sacred articles that had been weighed out to be taken to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. So let's just look at Paul for a second. Are you able to take some of your articles there? So Ezra is saying, he's speaking from God, he's saying, you are holy what you carry is holy and not only that it was given to you freely imagine that that we have been received so so much we have received so much but what we possess what we have is holy unto god and he has made us holy he's set us apart to use us and he's set her possessions what we carry our families our gifts our talents our money all this is something that god has made holy that it would be a free will offering to him that it would give him joy and it would give him um, honor that he deserves i can sit down now thank you let's thank paul for his uh, contribution <laughs> Thank you so much. 31 says, On the twelfth day of the first month, we set out from the Ahava Canal to go to Jerusalem. The hand of God was on us, and he protected us from her enemies and the bandits along the way. So we arrived in Jerusalem, where we rested three days. On the fourth day, in the house of our God, we weighed out the silver and the gold and the sacred articles into the hand of the Merimuth, son of Uriah, the priest. Elkazar, son of Phineas, was with him, and so were the Levites, Josabad, son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, son of Binwi. 
Everything was accounted for by number and weight, and by the entire weight was recorded at that time. Then the exiled who returned to captivity sacrificed burnt offerings to the God of Israel, 12 bulls for all of Israel, 96 rams, 77 male lambs, and a sin offering, 12 male goats. All this was a burnt offering to the Lord. So let's remember that these people came from a place, these Jews came from a place of captivity. Captivity was their history. They couldn't worship freely. They were in another land with other gods. They couldn't come into like we have today into a space and just worship and sing and praise and thank God. They couldn't do that. They had no space to do that. They didn't own anything of themselves. They were captives. They didn't own any riches. They didn't own any property. They had nothing because they belonged to someone else. They didn't realize that. And then all of a sudden this massive turnaround happens where... Um, they've suddenly been given all these riches, all these articles to carry, and the weight of it means they've got to carry it for months across to Jerusalem. And that journey would have been tiresome. They would have needed rest. They would have had to carry a long weight. And maybe we don't know how many people came in that movement. There was few movements that happened before that, but they had to carry the weight of what God had given them. And I don't know, I was thinking a couple of days ago that, uh, it's, it's only it's been what three years since we were in COVID, and how different time has moved on. Um, I went somewhere yesterday, and I still saw some signs on the floor for COVID. I was thinking, wow, do you remember there was a time where we couldn't come into a church, we couldn't worship freely, we had to wear masks, we couldn't meet up with someone and pray, and we couldn't lay hands on people like we did on the anointing service. We were once kind of stuck. We were captive, and. I don't know about you, but it's so easy to take these things for granted, isn't it? Realizing that we don't have the freedom to worship. And so God has brought us out of a place of captivity. Those of you who are Christians will know that you were once in a place of slavery. You were once in a place where you had nothing Uh, no identity of yourself you had no purpose you might have felt lonely if you think back of these times because you didn't feel like you could connect with um, any kind of hope for the future our lives before Jesus we had no hope we had no future we had nothing we were slaves to our own desires we were slaves to our own emotions but when we come into Christ we experience a new freedom that we've never experienced before who wants to just recognize let's just recognize God for the freedom that he's given us let's step into that freedom just worship him for that freedom thank you Jesus so easy to just forget like covid to forget the freedoms that we have today forget the freedoms that we have that it been bought with a price but captivity was the past of the israelites and they didn't realize that they had stepped into a new season and as if you're a believer you're stepping into the freedom we sang that this morning one of the songs we're stepping into the freedom but sometimes we can still have this captive mindset we can sometimes still feel like prisoners, feeling like, oh, that's not for me. I didn't have that. That's not for me. God wouldn't give that to me. But it is for you. That's your inheritance. We have a great inheritance in God. We have a great inheritance. Not only does he restore things back to us, we have free 
um, life, we have freedom in him. We've been given a new life. We are new creations in him. We are being set free. We have access to healing. We have access to comfort. We have access to peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He is so good to us. And it's so important that we remove ourselves from that slavery mentality and just start to recognize he was a king that's worth giving everything to. We want to give everything to him. He is so worthy of giving everything to him. Let's look at verse 28 again, which is on the slides here. Next slide. And he said to him, you are holy to the Lord. The articles are holy also, and the silver and gold are a free will offering to the Lord, your God of your fathers. I want you to realize that today God has set you apart. He's saved you and he's made you holy. But not only that, what you carry is holy as well. He has already sanctified what you are carrying. Every gift that's inside you that you're afraid to use, every your children, your family, these are all been holy. They've been set apart from you. He gave it to you, not just because it was just a good thing to do. He gave it to you because he wanted to use these things. What are you carrying this morning? What is the articles that you're holding on to and you're guarding carefully? What are the things that God's planted in your heart? It might be something monetary. It might be something in terms of people. It might be in terms of your job. It might be in terms of your car. Do you believe that God wants to use all these things as an offering to him? You are holy. What you possess is holy. And what you had didn't cost you. Your life is not your own. You're bought with a price. Jesus died for a purpose. The Bible talks about we were once slaves to sin, being led by her desires, being um, kind of caught up in things that we didn't want to do, but we're now slaves to righteousness. We move into being owned by God. It is such a, there's freedom in that. There's no, but there's nothing that's bound us in that, but also it's recognizing that God has given us everything and we can't not but give back to who, what He has given us because it belongs to Him anyway. I pray this morning, church, that you will recognize any mindset that is old and that is captive in your lives. The Israelites may have thought, oh, I'm scared of being robbed when they're on this journey. They came across bandits. They may have been scared of being, things being taken from them because that was their history. They had in the past, they had a temple. And in that temple, they were robbed of all their gold, all their silver, and they might have been living in fear, thinking that's going to go away from me. And I just want to speak to that mindset today. If you're someone that thinks I'm really scared about having something because I feel like I'm going to lose it, God wants to challenge that mindset and allow you to trust him and say, you're not the one holding it, I am holding it, but I am helping you carry this. He is not going to rob you. What happened in the past will not happen again. I declare that over your lives today, that what you've been robbed of is going to be restored onto you, and you will not be robbed again in the name of Jesus. We were once a rejected people before we knew Jesus. But what we are now is we accepted by him. So we have come from captivity into freedom. What you carry is significant to God. What you carry, your gifting, your giftings, your, your money, your um, faith, your whatever, any little seed is significant to God. 
And he wants to prepare an offering in you today and he wants to prepare an offering through you. What a privilege to be able to partner with God to to advance the kingdom. He wants to use us. He can do it, but he loves to partner with us. Who believes that every time you have a conversation, every time you reserve a seat for someone, every time that you sow a seed in terms of tithe, you are sowing into the kingdom. You are sowing into someone else's salvation. Every time you open up your home to someone, you are sowing into someone's salvation. Every time you come here on a prayer night and you're praying, you're sowing into someone's salvation. You are sowing into something because what you possess is holy I just want to talk through the difference between a captive mindset and being free. What is the difference? Captives are guarded. The free are guardians. The captives, when they were in captivity, the Israelites had to be guarded by night or by day. They had to be watched because they weren't their own property. They were owned by the Babylonians. But the free are guardians. Notice that in the scriptures it says that guard over these um, riches, guard over these articles that you're carrying. So when we saw Paul here earlier and he was carrying certain items, he had a responsibility to guard after them. And God has given us a authority to guard over the things that he has given to us. The difference between a captive and the free, the captive is like this image we see here on the screen. They can be bound by the fact that they think they can't receive things. They feel like they can't use what they have. But the free recognize that God's given me authority to do what I've been given, to do well with my children, to do well with my finance, to do well with my time, to do well with my job. God has given me the freedom and the authority to guard these things. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. What is the gifts that God has given you? Maybe you've got a gift of hospitality or maybe you have a gift of um, just connecting with people. God wants to use that to serve other people, to serve people within this community and wider from the community because he has entrusted you with that. It is a gift that he's entrusted with you and he trusts you. Are you prepared to give that back to him because recognizing that you are free and you've been given everything you need and now you can give it back to him? I want to speak into something that we don't always like to talk about and that's money. Sometimes we can be scared when we have our finances and some of you might be looking at this vision offering thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But God has given you freedom to manage over your finance. He has given you the stewardship to guard over their finances. Money doesn't have a rule over you. You have a rule over money. If you feel fear, if you feel like, I don't know when this is coming in, I don't know what to do about this side of my finance, if you feel like that image there that your hands are bound and you can't do anything, then maybe money has rule over you and then you maybe you need to challenge it and speak to that and say, no, I have authority over finance. God has given me everything. He's given me enough and he will bless me in this area and I am going to bless him in this area as well. I just want to speak to any masters of money that are kind of keeping us enslaved today. 
that it will no longer have a hold over us. I declare this is a season that money will not have a hold of us. We will not live in fear of debt. We will not live in fear of um, being a house being repossessed. We won't live in fear of um, not receiving certain inheritance. We are going to receive exactly what God has given us. We are not going to be bound by money. We are going to submit to God and money is going to submit under that. Remember that Jesus said um, that you cannot serve two masters. He talks about you can't serve God and you can't serve money. We know that money has a certain power that other things, a certain spirit that other things may not. Are you serving that master of money or are you serving God? Maybe if you're still under that captive mentality, you're still finding that hard to break through. But there's freedom today. God is bringing freedom in this area that we won't bring fear, and but He, you can bring, He can bring trust in that area. Secondly, captives live in lack; the free live in abundance. So when the captives were um, bound when they were in that place where they didn't have access to any money, they didn't have access to um, what they wanted to spend their money on, they didn't have access maybe to even their own families, they didn't have access to their own space, their own property, and they lived in lack. But then all of a sudden, they're now living in abundance. They've got millions and millions of treasures that are going on into um, the worship of the house of the Lord. Can you see what you're carrying today? Can you see the weight of what you're carrying today? 2 Corinthians 9, 7-8 says, Each of you should give what you've decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly or under convulsion. compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that all things at all times, having all that you need, will abound in every good work. God has got good works to do in this church, but he needs us to partner with with him in that area he's going to bless us with abundance but we've got to see that abundance we've got to see and weigh out the treasure that we're carrying at the moment what is it that you're giving because you can't give unless you know what you're able to give and it says that god loves a cheerful giver i don't know about you but when you're set free you're going to celebrate aren't you you're going to be joyful so those who are the free if you're someone that feels that freedom today you give in love and cheerfulness and if you feel like when it's hard when you're giving, whatever it is that you're giving, and it feels like, it, you know, that you feel um, that strain of it, maybe that's something that you need to seek God on about whether your mind is still in that place of captivity because I believe that God wants to bring breakthrough and healing in this area today. They gave this, God gave them this offering that it would be a free offering to, and it didn't cost them anything. They actually received that offering from um, kings and from rulers and other people there. It wasn't actually coming from them. He gave it to them. He entrusted them. He gave a free offering so that he allowed them to give unto God. Do you know that God's going to give you things not because he wants to take from you, but he's going to give to you so you can give to him. But you've got to understand that he's coming in and he's giving so you can give. 
It's not a case that you're looking at what you have and thinking, right, I need to take from here, take for this, and I'll hold this back. God doesn't want you to feel that way. He wants you to partner with him to see, actually, I'm believing that things are going to come in, that money's going to come in, that gifts are going to come in. I'm believing that these things are going to happen because I trust that God is providing enough for me to offer him. The offering comes from him. Thirdly, the free know what weight they carry. They came to the house of the Lord and they measured out what they were carrying. Now, the Bible was really specific that the fact that they measured out the weight of what they were carrying. They knew exactly how much each weighed. Do you know the measure of what you're carrying today? Do you know the measure of your gifting? Do you know the measure of your finances? Do you know the measure of what you can give in terms of your home, in terms of serving people? Do you know the measure of it? My dad used to do this really strange thing. Do you ever have these things where, as a child, you think this is completely normal, and then you then you grow up and you tell people, and they're like, no, that's not normal. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not saying my dad's not normal, but um, when I was a child, we used to do this thing like every couple of years where um, uh, we used to have a lot of fish and a lot of... Um, uh, fish in a pond and my dad used to do a stock take of his fish every couple of years so we, it was like a whole day we used to have this thing where um, we would get like a paddling pool out and we would the, my brother and my dad would take the fish out of the water and we would count right we've got this many um, uh, I don't know this many carp we've got this many rudd or whatever we're doing and we would count and make, take stock and I was thinking about this example I was like why did he do that because he could have just left it like what's the point of that <laughs> But if you can take stock of what you have, then you can see the room for multiplication. And so that's what he was doing. He was saying, right, if I've got this many goldfish, sorry, you can tell I'm not really great with fish. It's not my area. (laughs) Uh, You'd thought I'd learn something by now. Um, But if I've got this many fish, then this, you know, I'm going to be able to breed this many fish. And those of you from farming background will know this even better. When you take stock of livestock, you look at what you have because you can see room for multiplication. And I believe that God wants us to weigh out what we carry, to recognise what we carry today, to recognise what gifts we carry, to recognise what we can give. He wants us to take stock of that so that he can bring multiplication. Because when we see what we can carry, then we can carry the weight of it and we understand what we can do with that weight. The weight of um, this gold, there was 100 talents of gold. This is about 50,000 kilograms. Um, this is, you know, equivalent to, um, you could carry a um, hippopotamus, like multiple hippopotamuses or cars. Imagine like the weight of cars, that's what the, the weight of the gold, let alone the silver and other articles they were carrying for. And the Bible says that everything was accounted for at the end of this long journey. So they're carrying all the weight of all this stuff. And when they got to the end of that journey, every single thing was accounted for. Nothing was lost. Nothing was stolen during that journey. And they had the threat of being underbandoned, but God protected that journey. And one day we have to give account, won't we? We have to give account of what we've done with what God has given us. And I don't know about you, but that challenges me. What is it that you're doing with what God has given you now? Because he's given you something. And it's being able to recognise what is it that I carry and what is it that I can give. Now the next slide. 
on the 11th of February, we have a Vision Sunday. Um, and um, those of you may have got booklets last week, and I'll, in a minute I'll give an opportunity for people as well to um, receive some of these booklets if you haven't received them already. Um, don't just take this away. You know, Use this as an opportunity to take stock of what God has given you. That's what my challenge to you today and my challenge to myself as well. Take stock of what God has given you. Because if you want to sow in, you want to provide an offering to God, you want to sow into the kingdom, if you really want to see um, the things that we've been talking about happening in this church, if you want to see people being baptized, you want to see people being healed, if you want to see people connecting from a community, if you want to see the poor being affected and knowing the gospel, then we need to partner with God to do this. He's able to do all things, but he loves to partner with us. Um, I'm going to ask the media team to show the um, vision booklet. And while they're preparing for that, could I just ask um, volunteers to come around? If anyone's not received one of these booklets, I'm just going to give space for this time. Um, If you've not received a booklet, um, do you want to just raise your hand so you can take one home? Um, Sometimes we have to, I don't want to just give things and we just don't talk about these things. The booklets are there um, for us to look at together because we are coming together as a church thank you to the volunteers as well thank you to people who have been serving for these double services we honor you thank you for you giving and thank you for the weight that you're carrying so with the vision booklet i have one in front of me as well um so just kind of look through this oops so through the booklet you can read some of her history and some of her story um you can flick through this now but uh, obviously if you've got one at home you can do i don't know if the media team able to show just next couple of slides yeah okay you might not be able to see fully on the screen but just give you an indication so do read through a story of um where we've come from because it's important to know where we've come from like with the israelites they needed to know where they'd come from in terms of like their history um with the god of israel um so we have the story here do you want to keep going through the slides yeah <laughs> do read the letter from sujif Next one. Um, We have a vision. So what is our vision? Our vision is to be the beacon in our world. And our mission is to reveal Jesus for all. This is the reason that we're doing what we're doing. This is the reason that we we come here, we gather here. Obviously, we want to connect with God, but we also want to partner with him. We have our values, passionate, uplifting, and welcoming. And then this um, booklet talks about Vision Sunday. So Vision Sunday, as you've heard, is on the 11th of February. And um, we're encouraging people to come, not just to give an offering, but to give a pledge. And I'm going to be talking about what pledges look like. Because God wants to um, use this offering to sow into some of the work we're doing in the church and wider beyond our church as well. Um, can I have the next uh, page here? So some of the things that we want to sow into as a church. We want to help to establish some of the ministries that we have. Thank you for those who serve in things like kids work, um, the care for the vulnerable and the elderly, um, the small groups. There's so many ministries that happen in this church and we want to sustain that. We want to bring fire to that. We want to fan that into flame. 
but we also want to grow in um, new emerging ministries that we want to partner so we want to help to spread that fire and we want to um, reach beyond as well planting into um, new churches how exciting is that Um, and to stream uh, services these are some of the areas that we want to invest in so how does the 11th of uh, February look like? If you haven't already, make sure you look at your pledge card, which is included in this booklet. Have a look at this. Take this home. Have you, first of all, have you got a booklet? Have you had a chat with your family yet? Have you spoken to them and said, right, what is our part in this? This is what we're trying to do as leaders as well. We're going and having conversation with our family and say, what can we play? What part can we play? God wants to partner with us as well. So he wants us to hear from the Holy Spirit. Don't just do it out of compulsion like we read in the scriptures. Do it from a place seeking God. God, what do you want to do with me this year? How do you want me to give? How do you want me to partner? What can I do? What's my part to play with that? Have that conversation with the Holy Spirit. Then you need to fill in one of these pledge cards. And you need to decide what is it that you're going to give outright, your first donation. And then what is it that you're going to commit to? You're going to journey with God for the next 12 months. That's a long time, isn't it? 12 months. What are you going to um, commit to giving? Because what's unique about pledging is that we don't just, um, we're not just giving as a one-off. We're giving in so that we can go on a journey with God and we get to see him provide. We get to see him work. We get to see him um, be faithful in this area. And that's an amazing journey of faith. It's an amazing journey of consecrating ourselves to God, making ourselves holy, recognizing what we carry and what we possess is holy. And I believe that that is a journey of faith that God wants to take us into, to trust him with uh, finances, to trust him, to not submit to the mastery of money, but submit to the, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. So do seek God on this area. I just, if we could go back to my slides as I just kind of close. I just want to finalize talking about pledging from the story that we've read today. So pledging. So in the story we read about the, the Israelites partnering with God, they went on this journey. They took riches that were um, not theirs but riches that came from God and that's what pledging is it's about saying to God what is it that I'm taking on this journey that's the conversation to have with the Holy Spirit what is it that you want to take in this these 12 months what is it that you want me to carry what's the weight of what I'm carrying what do I can I measure out in order for to give to God you're going to partner with God because in that partnering partnering he's going to show you that actually the riches that you have you have a greater weight of that you're carrying than you realize it's his riches not yours and the difference between pledging and giving with giving you can look at your situation you can say right I have this much in my bank account I can give this much um, realistically in the next five days and maybe the next few months after that but maybe God wants them to do something bigger than that and that's what pledging is it's saying to the Holy Spirit okay this is what I have right now but what is it that you want me to give how do you want me to give 
even if I can't see it right now, I'm believing that in the journey you're going to provide. Pledging is about protection as well. There was many times when the bandits could have stolen from the um, uh, the Israelites. Come, they had the threat of the bandits coming to take what they was having. And when we're on this journey, just like the Israelites, where we're pledging and we're giving on to God, sometimes we can get fearful by the threat of bandits. We can get fearful of the threat of a, a bill coming in that we weren't expecting. We can get fearful of um, something that's urgent and pressing. But we believe that God's protected this finances, He's protected this pledge that we set apart because we partners with the Holy Spirit. He's already set it aside for us. And it's that journey of faith. And pledging is about perseverance. Are you going to be prepared to carry that weight for 12 months, holding on to it, measuring it out? Are you going to be able to recognize what you're carrying? Who's willing to come on this journey with us? Who's willing to take part of this journey and seeing God move? I want to see God move. I encourage you again to come to um, the visit um, from Martin with prayer night on the Wednesday um, to come to that because I know that Martin's, they've lived this in their church at COM Church. They've seen lots of miracles and I know it's going to encourage you when he shares um, some of these amazing testimonies that they've seen with pledging and how God has provided in that season. So I'm just going to pray for us and um, we're just going to seek God in this and then we're going to um, take up a... You see what we have. Father, I thank you, Lord, that um, you see what we have. We thank you, Lord, that you um, have entrusted us with much things. You've entrusted us, Lord, that you're not demanding, you're not demanding God, but you love to partner with us. Thank you that your heart is soft and you want to make an offering in us and through us. Lord, show us what it part that we need to play, Lord. Show us that it's not about the amount, it's not about the, the installments, it's about connecting with you. It's about making ourselves holy before you, sanct- um, consecrating ourselves before you and recognising that what we possess is holy. Thank you, Lord, that you are doing a work in us. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God that said you are holy and that what you possess is holy and that you have given freely. Thank you that everything that we've received is given freely. Let us live in that mindset of freedom and not live in a mindset of captivity, that we will not be afraid of being robbed. We will not be afraid of um, what might come along the journey. We will trust you because we know that you're faithful and we can trust you with our finances. We can trust you with our children we can trust you with our gifts we can trust you with our homes we can trust you with our bills we can trust you we surrender ourselves right now to you Lord we trust you in these areas Lord anything that we've been holding on to let us release that in our hearts this morning release any fear that we've had anything that we've been restraining from you Lord we release that we surrender ourselves before you we surrender our lives before you we surrender our hearts before you we surrender our finances before you. We surrender what we're carrying before you. We give it all over to you because we know that you're going to do a great thing because you have the best plans. We honour you, Lord. Amen. If you want to raise your hand for a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May you live in the freedom of being able to give. May you know a life of abundance. May you steward what God has given you. May you know the weight of what you carry today. May you recognize that God has made you holy. And what you possess is holy. And know that he has given it to you freely. Amen.